every so often, most likely in the dead of night when I'm reading a comic book and then I start looking at social media and then I start thinking about the kids, I start to worry about the fate of guitars. I know this sounds silly, but uh, sometimes it's hard to find a rock band, you know? So many people these days, myself included, play noise, electronic keyboards, almost anything except a stringed instrument that you amplify. And uh, I start to wonder, like, what's going to happen to rock and roll? Is it going to be one of these things that kind of was this quaint throwback? People will go, oh, yeah, you know, 20th century, uh, you know, uh, World War II, uh, technological revolutions, the Beatles, guitars, and... Yeah, none of those things lasted. Uh, Which, you know, is absolutely a silly thing to say because, uh, you know, every time I get into that kind of panic, I can quickly find about 500 current rock and roll bands playing all over the place. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, uh, my faith in humanity is restored. I put on a new record, and uh, this time it was by uh, Waking Things, a Seattle act that's actually playing in Salem very soon, uh, August 17th at The Space with uh, Nomagusta, Summarize and the Sheen. Uh, and uh, Waking Things, uh, they definitely know how to rock. There's three chord goodness in almost every single one of their tunes. Uh, and it definitely seems like a group that uh, comes well educated with uh, the history of rock and roll all the way through personality crisis and yeah, definitely into the. Uh, Don Caballero math rock era as well, but, you know, stealing things from the uh, vocal stylings of Rodan and Deerhoof, and, uh, well, it's just a wonderful, wonderful mishmash of all of these cool, neat, and excellent things, and it even gets a little heavy at times. So that's kind of what waking things sound like if you're a boring rock critic or something like that, but... As we all know, we got to hear these tunes before we decide if we like them or not. So, uh, I'm going to play one of their new singles. This is off of the Hang In There EP, and uh, we're going to kick things off with that rotting feeling. Uh, And then we're going to transition into my conversation with Chris, uh, one of the songwriters and guitar players, kind of the central figure in this group, although at this point uh, they've expanded beyond his original idea Uh, And uh, that's always a good thing. Uh, And I think that you'll know what I mean when we decide to finally interrogate that rotting feeling here on WTBC Radio and beautiful anywhere, anyone.
And once housed a thousand pure ideals Those hearts are parts in the machine And fruit flies gave rumor to the wheels by phone on July 26th, 2018. I noticed that you guys have a new EP that's coming out, uh, Hang In There. Uh, and I yeah. want to get to that and um, uh, the singles that are, that are on there. But I, I, sometimes a little band history helps uh, set the stage, as it were. So um, I know you guys are a Seattle act from 2013, uh, but there's not a lot of biographical stuff out there. Like, uh, how this, uh, how'd Waking Things uh, sort of rise? Like, uh, w- what was the cup of coffee that got you guys going? Well, it actually started, you're right, back in 2013. And I, I used to have a big biography posted. And I think it's because I wanted to start moving away from that idea of like, oh, well, it, it's good to have that beginning of where you came from but i also wanted to like capture what we're doing now mm-hmm. so uh the the backstory is that i wrote this uh conceptual album is about 15 songs long mm. it's our very it was our very first album and i wanted it was something that i had been doing on my own but i needed a drummer and at the time it was a different drummer uh, a friend of mine and we went in and we just knocked out 15 songs, recorded them, and, uh, mm-hmm. and we put we put this album out. Nice. And then when he moved to California, uh, I was kind of uh, dead in the water with it, but I really wanted to try to keep moving. And thankfully, uh, Matt, the the band's drummer, uh, him and I have known each other for years and years and years. We worked on a previous project together, and uh, he actually reached out to me, and we reconnected. Mm. and and uh and then it just kind of went from there so matt and i have been pretty much doing it from the beginning um we met brian the bass player through uh fortunately and oddly enough craigslist (laughs) it works man you know like there's a lot of people out there who want to play and 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 need a gig yeah i agree i just find that most of the time it's more like one of three things whether they like your music but they don't have gear or a car they <laughs> uh they have a gear and car or they don't like your music mm-hmm. uh or they like your music and they 
uh, have a car, but they don't have any gear. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's. I think yeah. you hit it right on the head. <laughs> so thankfully, uh, all three of them magically lined up, and he just said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll drive down to you guys." And then I think it was after one practice, so I said, "Yeah, you're you're in the band. Like, we're not. I don't really want to do this then back and forth." And <laughs> since then, we we had gone through a couple of different auxiliary members, mm-hmm. namely, um, we had a piano player and female vocalist almost from the beginning Hmm. and then a few years went by and she just wasn't the right fit anymore things change you know times change yeah yeah and she she was uh she was the youngest member of the band at Hmm. the time and she had just turned 21 and i think her yeah her life was just going in a different direction and that that's totally fine yeah yeah you know, and when you're so young, you can do stuff like be in a band for a while and kind of figure out if you want to do that, yeah. you know, and um, sometimes it d- turns out that's not your path. <laughs> yeah. And, and she was really good at what she did. Um, and so we were definitely uh, bummed when, when that separated. But sure. we ran as a uh, when we did our first tour back in 2016, um, we ran as a three piece mm. and we we had ran as a three piece for, uh, for about a year. And thankfully, uh, just last, uh, last summer we met and started working with, uh, Samantha Aiello, who's the new, uh, member of the band. Mm. Um, she is nominal and hilarious and just a really great person that we love to have in the group. <laughs> and, uh, and so we officially made her a member in November because we wanted to do a little, uh, you know, a couple of test run shows and things like that. Right. And I think it was, uh, we sat down to do practice. We made her rehearse three songs and we went through, through those three songs, like maybe once or twice. And then, so like 40 minutes of actual playing mm-hmm. and then probably two and a half hours of talking about, okay, is this the right fit? <laughs> it's a big so. decision too. Cause I mean, I think I've said this on the show before, but being in a band is kind of like dating four people at once, you know? Oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, whether or not it's a good fit, it might seem like a casual comment, but it's really like a much deeper question. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I get that there's, there's different types of bands that uh, exist and that, you know, we don't exist in a vacuum. There's all sorts of different musicians and personalities and people. And especially, I don't know if it's like this in Salem, but down, but up here in Seattle, there's that whole sub genre of bands and musicians where it's like, it's very flippant. It's very um, mm. um, like, Hey, you know what? It's, yeah, it's whatever. We're going to write some songs and then we'll go out and do it. Da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, there's a, there's a lot of casual uh, interest in playing music and maybe not necessarily sticking with it. Right. And that's fine because, you know, music is that that's the beautiful thing about music is it reaches everyone. Right. And it doesn't have to be, you know, some career minded thing. But for me, I'm kind of an old school guy coming from, uh, you know, growing up listening to these bands who were on like major labels when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, and my dad showing me stuff of, you know, he's like, oh, check out Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Megadeth and Rat. And I'm like, why Rat? Um, <laughs> it does seem like an outlier in that uh, list, but uh, uh, go right. on, father. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, you know, and then getting into all the stuff that I got into when I was a kid. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I kind of grew up with that mentality of like, look, if you 
want to do this, it, it's you got to work really hard to continue to make it happen because it's an everyday thing. Yeah, um, you don't punch out and like uh, take the weekend off. Uh, that's that's actually kind of some of the hardest working days you'll you'll put in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it, it's really beautiful out today, and I could go out and go do this thing. Now I'm going to sit here on my computer and try to book a tour. <laughs> Too bad you got to play guitar for three hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like so, it. It seems glamorous quite often, especially for people who are starting out. Uh, and I imagine, you know, like the shift between that early 2013, 2014 era, and then like taking it seriously is the difference between you saying like, "Hey, we're having fun. Let's have another six pack and write another song." to like no we have to rehearse for real <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and that's that to me is always been the difference of i i find that balance as i get a little bit older years it's crazy to think i've been doing this for almost five years now nice or over five years i don't know but um you you strike that balance eventually where it's okay to have the six pack or it's okay to you know be more relaxed about it but also you trap more flies with honey than vinegar, right? Yeah. Well, and you don't want so, those muscles to atrophy either. Yeah, exactly. So you definitely get the people together and saying, like, look, we're not, nobody's going to die if we don't have practice this week, but we really should have practice this week. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, you know, like, uh, I was listening to the, um, one of the singles from the EP, uh, That Rotting Feeling, um, mm -hmm. just before uh, I, spoke, I spoke to you. And, uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of stuff just now on that preamble where um, I can hear those influences from when your dad's playing records from you. I can hear those hours practicing and working on songs because um, that single, uh, it has some nice twinkly, pretty guitar parts, but it also kind of turns into a punk song at the end. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it, it's not just this mishmash either. It's... It really works, you know. Um, was that I mean, was that a kind of an intentional uh, design of this group, where you wanted to kind of take a little bit of everything and mix it in a blender and say, like, let's try this one and see what happens? Yeah, I think in, uh, inherently I've got those punk roots. I, I kind of grew up as while where everyone else was really listening to uh, like really heavy stuff. I, I think I gravitated more toward like anti-flag and and uh, and uh they put on a good show man <laughs> they really really do um and i i don't know there was just something about the there's something about emo and pop punk and punk in general that just kind of like there's the aggression there's the emotion that really is stuck to me as a, as a kid sure and i so with a song like this um is another one of these songs that i had sat down i just kind of wrote really softly on the acoustic guitar mm. and um and it made its debut as the song it is after, you know, hours of uh, piecing it together with the band saying, what direction are we actually trying to do this? Are we trying to make it faster? Do we want a slow ballad? Right. Um, and, and so when it builds up that, that ending specifically, uh, I think there's this tension that's underlying through the, through the majority of the song. It's, it's got the bright twinkly thing and then it goes a little bit heavy as it goes to a bridge, goes back to a bright twinkling thing again with the, the vocals and the kind of shining guitar. But I think you'll, you'll feel it that, that in the introduction to the song is that, that tension that slowly 
is kind of like sitting itself in your head. And yeah. then eventually you get to the end, you, you realize that's what it was culminating toward. Sure. Well, it, it definitely feels like the kind of ratcheting of like a very slow building roller coaster, you know, mm-hmm. where like you can feel each one kind of like, oh, it's going to pay off at some point. Um, but it doesn't feel forced in a way that a wor- roller coaster often does, you know, like it just kind of feels like, oh, this is the way the song's going. And then when, yeah. it, when it gets there, it's like, oh, yeah, of course, it's going to turn into like an all out rocker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's uh, the idea of blending. I, I think I said it before was I don't like to tr- write the same song twice. Mm. Some, sometimes you, you find these uh, moods and, and uh, themes that kind of carry themselves through song to song. Mm. But um, this EP specifically was probably the most fully realized of that idea of we're here only for a short time. So I want to try to um, say everything that I need to say without repeating myself, <laughs> which right. I'm terrible at in conversations. Like conversations, I'll say the same thing a mm-hmm. hundred times. But you can analyze it more when you're writing a song where you can kind of like say like, oh, this part feels like I've already said this. Let's uh, try something new. Or Exactly. You know. Yeah, that's interesting about the songwriting. So uh, I was going to ask, if you described earlier uh, kind of the whole group working on songs together. Is that kind of the process where you bring kind of a skeletal idea and then you flesh it out as a band? Or how does the um, uh, the songwriting uh, workload uh, get shared uh, in Waking Things? I would say it's been 90% where I bring the skeletal idea to the band. Mm. And that's, again, probably just coming from that old school, um, hey, I'm a songwriter. This is what I want to do with my life. Right. So I just bring all this like music to the table. But more so, as we move forward, um, it's been more of a collaborative effort. And I, found, I, I made a, a comment about this the other day, that the songs that resonate with me mm. and um, by proxy, m- most people or more people are the ones that I end up collaborating and not just being the sole songwriter yeah no, you know there is something about that like um having a co-conspirator on a project or someone else's ideas mixing with yours like those moments seem more memorable to me um uh that's really cool that's excellent uh yeah so like take mozzarella on that's on the um, ep for example mm-hmm. is i didn't write um anything before uh matt the our drummer he brought this little electronic uh beat to the table and i was like that's really silly and uh, <laughs> and and then i decided to try to write these you know uh, no distortion in this song it's very clean very poppy uh, sure. and uh and so i wrote this little little indie riff to it and then our bass player got to the rehearsal and we're like hey we're really excited look at this really silly song <laughs> and and uh and then he said man that's totally mozzarella and, I, and we had no idea what he, we had we had no idea what he was talking about he's like it's cheesy that song is cheesy uh, so, uh, so perfect that, you know, um so we stuck with that name but that that was what made it fun is that we all like had no idea what we were doing going into it and then yeah. eventually just branched out Sure. Well, and like sometimes that's the best part of having a band is like creating a framework where 
you have like a vision for what the group is, but that doesn't mean that it's a definitely carved in stone. We do this, then this, then this. Like it's like a um, it's like a framework within which you can try these ideas and try these ideas and see which ones actually fit best. You know, I feel like this is something that like pretty much every group that decides to try to, you know, make it happen, they probably go through this and it's almost a rite of passage, right? Where mm. you have to learn these things as opposed to being told these things. Right. That's a good point too, where it's like, you couldn't just like hand somebody a little like pamphlet and say like, don't make these mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> don't do what I did, son. It's like, yeah, dad, whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we're talking a lot about what you guys sound like and whatnot. We should get to this show that's happening here in Salem. Um, you guys are doing a little bit of a tour uh, um, where you're playing a bunch of shows, actually. Uh, and yeah. uh, among them, uh, on August 17th, you'll be uh, at The Space um, with uh, Nomi Gusta, Summarize, and The Sheen. Um, and I don't know The Sheen, uh, but uh, Nomi Gusta and Summarize are definitely these excellent kind of like indie pop local bands um that are um a little bit kind of what you're describing where uh it, to put them in one particular category is to really do them a disservice yeah i i definitely looked up those two bands prior to um prior to asking them on board and <laughs> i would say finding good locals in salem wasn't hard <laughs> finding good locals in salem that wanted to play a show was very difficult yeah well you know um we have that problem where like a lot of people are like well you know we're writing a new album so we're on break or you know we just got back from a tour so we're not doing anything right now yeah you know like we're an active midi music town like a lot of cities are uh yeah so you know these musicians like they're sometimes thinking like a year ahead <laughs> which is which is really great um because i i it slows me down in a good way mm, mm -hmm. because it, it makes me pause and not just hey the first available band that's gonna say yes let's exactly. grab them yeah um so or the first available band i, I see i should say because once the band says yes and then we you know i i make sure to check their you know credentials and their music and i and that we actually like them <laughs> well you know before i'd even seen what the lineup was going to be and i was just kind of checking out your guys' sound i was like yeah i think summarize would be a good fit <laughs> so <laughs> funny. you beat me to the punch <laughs> yeah they definitely are uh definitely up our alley especially within that last two-year range mm -hmm. of this mm -hmm. this album um and uh, the last single that we did that we released uh, last summer, um, so I'm I'm really excited to to play with some people that we mesh well with. I yeah. think on our first on our first tour, it was mostly just hey, uh, does anybody want to play a show? Who's available? And, uh, <laughs> so we learned that that didn't really serve us well. The desperation of uh, trying to make something happen at the last minute. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, you guys have a pretty um, quick uh, rate of releasing stuff, which is uh, very admirable. I mean, like you've again, you've only been at it for five years, but this is a fair amount of material. Some bands after five years don't even have a single, 
you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, they're, they're probably spending their time trying to hone in what they're doing or like, sure. and, and then a lot, or you just get their hands on recording material or somebody or money to record. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other uh, hurdle too, is that like just playing a lot of shows sometimes can take up a lot of time and, you know, polishing your act down. Like sometimes it takes a while. Um, did you guys have like right away um, when you you know, settled on a lineup and you were starting rehearsals and whatnot? Do you feel like all that stuff was in place pretty quickly, where you felt like, yeah, we know what the waking things groove is? Uh, yes and no. Hmm. I think that it comes back to that desire of that drive that I I personally uh, want to implement into the band and have everybody carry with them, hmm. uh, and that it's that hey yes, we're going to play a hundred, we're going to try to play a hundred shows. Um, and then also at the same time, I need you at least like three extra hours a week beyond that. So we can, you know, record, write, rehearse, whatever it is. Right. It's a big um, commitment. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that commitment definitely, um, that, that's what starts to take its toll when people start feeling it on, on their, uh, you know, on their psyche. Right. Yeah. Um, but thankfully I work with, uh, some people who are very, very strong work ethics and want to do just as much as I do. So it's really nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, um, I feel like we haven't quite given them uh, enough of their, um, their day. So let's, let's give a little shout out to the waking things lineup uh, as it stands. Like who's, uh, who's, uh, who's um, the, uh, the part of the elite posse. Uh, well, first we have Samantha Aiello. She is the uh, vocalist of the group. Um, her and I share the vocal responsibilities going back and forth. And she has been um, this powerhouse that definitely replaced some pretty big shoes, but she's done it in a really big way. So, yeah. uh, she, so Sam is awesome. Love her. Hi, Sam, if you're listening or when you're listening, I should say. <laughs> uh, Matt Chadwick is the uh, drummer for Waking Things. He is the oldest member in the band, but that age comes with uh, experience and wisdom. He is absolutely the uh, the band's dad or and the MacGyver of the band. <laughs> ah, I, every band has one, the guy that can solve the engineering problem that uh, plagues you. <laughs> oh, yeah. He... Um, he not only is the, uh, you know, oh, hey, let me fix that, or hey, we can get this done kind of thing, but Matt is also uh, fully... Uh, I would say 99% responsible for all of our recordings. Oh, uh, hey, there you go. So details hang in there. And our last single, uh, capitalism, uh, was we, we recorded all of that in house. So, nice. Um, yeah. and he, he, he's always learning new tricks and tips and everything to get better. But, um, I think that what he produces and what he puts out is really, really great. Yeah, it's always good to have a nice uh, recording engineer and not just like a general engineer in the band as well because exactly. if you can cut those costs, uh, especially oh, yeah. when it comes to recording drums, man, like whew, that'll that'll save you a bundle. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a machine when it comes to playing the drums, in the, and I mean that in the nicest sense that he um, he's pretty quick to get the takedown, but he has such a high expectation of himself that he'll like, Oh, that was a really great take. Okay, we're doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> I like that kind of attitude. You know, like let's get it right. You know, like not, let's yeah. not just get it okay. <laughs> yeah. 
And then uh, finally, we have Brian Ray, who is our bass player. Hmm. And he, uh, just as Matt does the recording and the engineering and everything for the band, Brian is actually responsible for probably uh, 75 to 90 percent of that's a weird percentage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he's responsible for most of the artwork for the band. Oh, cool. So yeah. he did the artwork for our first single uh, that had uh, pretend on it mm-hmm. he's responsible for the artwork for hang in there as well as um uh, a myriad of different shirt designs that we've used uh, throughout the years wow see again um this is something that uh i think not a lot of people realize when they're uh, think about bands but it's it's a collection of artists rather than a band you know yeah like everybody does a lot of different stuff in addition to the band that they're usually in. And so uh, I love hearing these little bits where it's like, you know, one person's a recording engineer, another one's an artist that totally tracks with all of my experience meeting musicians where it's like, they really are immersed in the world of art and not just sound. I think if we as artists only did one thing, we would probably go crazy. <laughs> oh, I am so with you on that. As I struggle to figure out which hobby I will uh, give attention to later this afternoon. <laughs> You're like, hmm, do I want to paint? Do I want to draw? Do I want to write music? And and um, and I think that's really where it kind of circles back to the origin of the band for me is mm. being fixated on an idea. Um, mm conceptually it's a much grander idea on the album but really what what it comes back to is we as individuals become uh obsessed with uh trying to do the right thing the right way all the time Mm. and yeah i connect with that idea (laughs) and and it's just really it's not I would say the best way to put it, and it's been again circling back to the album. Uh, it's not healthy. Um, yeah, well, and, and it's something that like you can almost sense is a bad idea, and yet we keep doing it as a culture and as individuals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and to me, there's nothing more important than expressing yourself. There's there's and there's a thousand different ways to do it, um, but you can't get locked up in uh, in the minutia of one thing too much because you will, you'll start forgetting why you're doing it in the first place.
sugar sweet cyanide Mouthwash your clothes off, dust yourself dry It's the easy way out that scares you the most does it for our bonus episode this week uh, my conversation with chris of waking things 
you know, they've got a new EP out, which uh, you can find on Bandcamp and all of those usual digital places. And uh, if you like the sounds of what you've been hearing, please check them out at The Space on August 17th with Noma Gusta, The Summer Eyes, and The Sheen. Uh, you know, they're kind of on tour, uh, so you might want to throw a few bucks their way. It definitely helps. Uh, and seeing them live is the best way to learn. I think that's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. WTBC Anywhere Anywhere From my house to yours Well, let's talk about some of these previous releases, actually. Because, um, I mean, in that intro spiel, you were kind of mentioning this album that you made that was kind of that you wrote and then you were looking for a group. Uh, is that details or? Oh no, it actually, uh, it predates details. Oh, um, so it's not even available at this point. Mm, it might be on our band camp. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. It might, might still be on our band camp. Definitely not on Spotify or anything like that. And part of the reason is, um, you know, as you get older, your production gets a little bit better. You start seeing these, uh, sure. these albums that you're writing are, uh, sounding more cohesive i really do still love the first album the name of the album is um it's a french phrase and it's pronounced ide fix oh okay so that's the first i see i saw that one listed yes um i I was gonna ask if that was french and and was it inspired by any um particular french pop or anything (laughs) uh not any french pop i so what happened was i had written this uh collection of songs i think at the time before i finalized that it was going to be a concept album i had written probably 10 songs okay and i said okay i'm in love with the idea of doing a concept album this is going to happen how can i make this cohesive and i had this story brewing in my head that i eventually was able to flesh out and have it make sense for the overall uh arch of the album Mm mm-hmm and why I landed on Ide Fix, there's two reasons, is my heritage is like 35, 40% French. Okay. And so I wanted to pay homage to that. But also the the phrase itself means obsession. Mm, okay. It's like, a Calvin, it's like a Calvin Klein ad. No. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ide Fix equates to being obsessed on an idea. Uh, fixated, fixated on an idea sure okay i thought that sounded vaguely familiar i took a little uh french in college so okay yeah cool yeah very they, cool they definitely make it a lot easier to understand than a lot of other languages they just make it more <laughs> they just make it more complicated to uh pronounce sure 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 it's all vowels um, yeah, uh, yeah i mean that when you read Ide fix on a paper it doesn't uh, exactly uh, give a lot of room for what it couldn't be. I mean, <laughs> fixated on an idea, you right. know. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's there. It's right there in the name. No, that's, yeah. that's perfect. But I mean, like you know, this is something that I think rock and roll and music sometimes forgets to do, which is to. Um, bring in new ideas and things that help challenge people. Like obviously using foreign language to kind of help sell your idea is another way of kind of like saying like, you know, when this show is done, 
you're going to go to the library. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, well, the, the issue that it became is that um, nobody knows how to pronounce that uh, sure. face value on a flyer. So initially the band name was going to be eat a fix mm. and the name and the name of the album was going to be waking things. And then my drummer at the time, not, not the current drummer, but the first drummer, um, we sat down and we're like, okay, how can we do this? And then we just decided to, to do a little role reversal on them and it worked out really well. Excellent. Excellent. And so, uh, after that you had, uh, details, uh, which I, I think is a full record of, um, uh, as well. Was that your second release or was there something in between there? Yeah. Um, there was the, there was details. That was our second full release, but in between those two, we had a, um, we had two singles. Mm. One of them was, uh, this single that we had recorded that actually ended up being our, to date was like our most popular release uh, a song called pretend mm. and um unfortunately i don't know how it happened but uh the owner of the youtube channel the the director of the video that we did for that song apparently his youtube channel just got deleted or uh, removed or something oh so no <laughs> we lost we lost all of these really great views on this video and you know it may not have been some astronomical number like hundred thousand or anything like that but sure. to but to not have that history or those views on there was definitely a bummer. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. This is a, a something that I hear regularly from artists where YouTube is, becomes like a different kind of currency than, say, it used to be in the old days. Like getting a video up that's accessible and that people are watching, like that's that's kind of a big step for a band. Yeah, and so we released this single for that, uh, or released this video with that single, and it was just, Everybody loved it. It's got this really great energy to it. Um, and then the second single that we released with um, uh, right after that is we did uh, this thing called Nervous Energy Session. Mm. Uh, and Ryan Russell is a photographer and he's he does photos for Paramore, Taking Back Sunday, okay. uh, like all these really big name bands. And but in his, but he lives up in Bellingham, Washington. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Uh, part of what you can do is you can go get these pictures with them, you know, pay for a service and that's really great. But then he also does these acoustic sessions where he'll just flat out just record you playing an acoustic version of your song. Um, and you can go check it out on his, uh, on his website. I think it's just nervousenergies.net or .org. Okay. Yeah. But so we did a, an acoustic session with him and it was that that's still up online, which is really great. That's, that's pretty awesome. I feel like I've heard about this from someone else before as well. So, you know, like, it, it, I love living in this era where, like, you can never fully know every means through which people can become exposed and whatnot. Like, there's so much pe stuff that people are doing. It's very, it's very cool. No matter how uh, in you are, there will always be at least another thing that you don't know about. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, I, I just want to remind listeners or people who are... Um, wondering you can catch this band live if you're like wow this all sounds really exciting uh come on down to the space uh august 17th uh no magusta uh summer eyes and the sheen and then uh waking things um it's uh it's gonna be a fun show uh and um uh yeah is there is there anything else you feel like uh we should add oh yeah i mean pick up the singles obviously that rotting feeling and alive off of the new um ep hang in there uh, which I think you can find uh, in a number of places. 
Yeah, it's available up on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, uh, but most importantly, it's on our Bandcamp, and you can support us there if you'd like. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and this is something that... Um, if you've never been in a band and you're sitting there going like support, what do you mean? Like I go to your shows, come on. Um, yeah. Like, no, no, really, please uh, uh, buy the merch, buy the album, uh, help the band. Uh, they put a lot of time into this as you hopefully uh, gleaned from the interview. <laughs> we'll make sure to put some links uh, in the show notes too, to uh, make sure you can find all this stuff. So um, please uh, check out the show notes and, uh, and, and help waking things. Uh, they're coming through town and they're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. I just want to just want to just shout out to Trofer uh, Rodriguez and and Doug Hoffman over at the space. Oh uh, yes, we will see you guys soon. Yeah, I know those guys. Um, I mean, uh, Doug obviously is the backbone of of that whole scene right there. But uh, I mean, uh, Topher is the secret weapon. Yeah, exactly. We we uh, we played a couple of shows with uh, Topher's old group, and mm. so. Uh, since then, I, I told him this once. I don't know how creepy this sounds, but I developed a total man crush on Topher because he's such a good musician and, uh, <laughs> he's, and he's such a funny guy. So I was just like, oh man, this guy's the best. WTBC.